very good evening to our listeners. I'm Sash and thank you for joining us on this new episode of the Full Kit Banter Podcast. We currently have a pretty stripped down panel of just Nathan. And no, I don't mean that we are recording naked. We are actually literally just the both of us. Uh, the rest of the gang are pretty caught up in their life commitments. But nevertheless, the show must go on. So uh, fellow, I wouldn't say fellow, but Manchester United correspondent Nathan is just both of us, man. It's kind of like uh, the fearsome twosome of yesteryears. <laughs> and by that, I mean during the mid-2000s towards like uh, the mid-2010s. Mm. Yep. It was just, you know, Manchester United and Chelsea fighting for the title, but times have changed. Um, One team currently on the up and up, you know, baby steps, won the recent Mickey Mouse Cup, while the other team just, I mean, you know, by the tone of my voice, I would say it kind of says it all. Not too long ago, you you guys were on the up, right? How How quickly <laughs> the turntables, man. I mean... How quickly the turntables, it, indeed. Indeed. It was just... It feels like it was just yesterday, but I mean, it was just last year that we saw Chelsea lifting up that Champions League, and then it uh, feels like two it. Two years ago, man. Well, okay. Two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Was it... Who took it? Madrid, probably. Yeah, Madrid. <laughs> As usual, but... Freaking hate that club. <laughs> yeah, it, it really wasn't too long ago that Chelsea were... They looked like they were getting... I would say their their whole game together, they looked like they had a plan. They had just like swiped that Champions League from under the noses of Madrid or like from Oh un- no, it was City. It was from it was from City, yeah. But hey, did mm. you beat no. Did you beat Madrid yeah, we, on the we way? Did beat. You did, right? Yeah, we did beat right. Madrid. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that yeah. But I mean you took it from City. But I mean it was mm. Madrid who's been kind of dominating that that uh that cup competition. For, yeah. right? So I mean for you guys to kind of take it away from them, that's kind of what I meant. But yeah, I mean, I like that intro where, uh, I mean, not the part about us being stripped down, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the listeners are imagining that, yeah, that would be a very interesting sight. But um, it would be awkward, man. It could be. Imagine if we uploaded on YouTube, it will be nobody would taken know. Down. <laughs> 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 yeah, right here. Like, what actually are we doing sitting in our homes? What are we wearing? But mm. but yeah. I love the the intro about like um just the two of us the teams it brought me back to like that nice Mourinho versus Ferguson kind of era mm. um Didier Drogba versus Wayne Rooney uh and then we had some good battles like Michael Balak versus Carrick uh Scholes mm. yeah those are some good old days yeah I mean, my favorite era of the Premier League who was the um was that the Samsung jersey what was Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Samsung jersey. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. Samsung Mobile actually. Samsung Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was the. Yeah. That was the good old days. Yeah, but um, since uh, I mean, fans were not having a good day or or let's say a good weekend. Commiserations to Arsenal fans who, Oof. although they're not mathematically out of the title race, but. I think City will be playing at home against a pretty clownish team. So whatever hope that Arsenal fans have in terms of uh, Chelsea doing them a favour, I think 
next season, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask you, like, do you think you'd do them any favors? But I mean, you kind of summed it up. Looking at the way that uh, City are approaching each game about now, it's uh, I wouldn't put it past you. I mean, I don't think any team really stands much of a chance. But uh, I mean, you know, Chelsea really could use it for confidence, maybe. Mm, I. I mean, we are mathematically safe from relegation and there's nothing really much to play for. But the scary thing is, right, it's not whether I think City will beat Chelsea. It's a matter of how many will they score past us. That is the thought. No, like, I've I've been through the 6-0 route when Sari was in charge and a bit of my soul was left on that sofa after that absolute hiding because I was watching it with my brother who uh, if the listeners don't know he's a City fan and one of the City correspondent or, or rather the City correspondent on his mm-hmm. panel and I was at, at the end of the game I was just shell-shocked you know uh, and I'm quite scared that it will happen again because the way Chelsea are defending and the way City are playing right now, like the, the match against Everton, right? Um, they were, I mean, Everton, they just beat Brighton, what was it, 5-1 away? Mm-hmm. I mean, that result was shocking in itself because Everton were so clinical and we didn't really expect such a performance from Brighton. I mean, we'll get back to Brighton soon enough, but uh, Everton at home, it kind of looked like a tricky game for City because... You know, Everton still battling relegation. You know how these teams are mm-hmm. at the end of the season. You know, fighting tooth and nail. They're going to be scrappy. But City being City just absolutely destroyed them. Gundogan proving yet again that he is the closest thing to Frank Lampard in terms of those late runs into the box and extremely clinical finishing. Yeah. Do you see that, yeah. that, that goal the that he one? scored? Like, yeah, like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Man's improvising. <laughs> but yeah, Gunnowin is, like, a very interesting player. I feel like for the past few seasons as well, he always peaks at the end, you know? Right when you need him, nearing the, the crunch time, the last few games of the season, he kind of got the winner uh, for, the, for them the last season. But now, even in the previous game as well, where he scored a brace and almost a hat-trick, but he, he missed the penalty, right? To go and get um two goals... Uh, the last game and provide an assist for Haaland as well man's just like he's he's literally carrying the team at this point as well like I feel he is um, he's he's just you really if you want a, t- a player to peak right now in your team Gunnigan's the guy to go for he's he's always like in the right place at the right time and he's so calm I think that's something that I really like about him he even before he takes a I mean he missed a pen that's one but like the free kick as well Ice cold, man. The guy's just like, he hits with almost no power. It just lifts up and then dips down. It's almost so slow that you feel like the keeper can save it. But it's just so well placed that there's just no chance. So, yeah, I think City are just quite like an unstoppable force at the moment. Is he the best German player ever to grace the Premier League? Hmm. In your opinion, like we have... Who are some honourable mentions? Really have <laughs> Rudiger. Uh, we we do have yeah we do have Rudiger. We do have Balak. Mm-hmm. I have... I feel like Balak didn't play long enough to be very mm. like he by the time he came to Chelsea he's a little bit past his prime. I would feel. 
slightly. Mm. I mean, if actually Balak is very is I mean, no disrespect. I think he's he probably did a little bit better, but he kind of reminds me about like what Schweinsteiger was for United. Came a little mm. bit past prime. He still had the, his name. You thought that he would do really well, but in the end, like he was kind of like more okay, like team player, but definitely not like linchpin in the team. You know what I mean? Mm. I think like um at the time for Chelsea, yeah, he was he was he was not bad, but I don't know. I I I would think Gundogan is a much better uh, overall player because of longevity, and and also mm. kind of his play style as well. Yeah, is he the best? Yeah, I I would actually think now trying to look through the the Premier League and the history, I don't think there were actually that many Germans, you know. Yeah, so he wins it by <laughs> sheer lack of numbers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you have some that are more recent, like your Havertz and your Werners and stuff. These are the ones that come uh, to mind Sane now. Is as w- Sane, Sane, oh is Sane as well. was not too bad also, um, mm. but also didn't really hang around long enough to become a legend. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think based on what he did in the last game of the season last year I think that right when he scored that um, game winning goal mm-hmm. to give City the title that kind I think of that kind of he's he's already there like the mantle is already on his yeah shoulders as like the best uh, German player to ever grace the league yeah but I mean if, if listeners know anything just hit us up on, on Instagram let us know if there was any Germans we missed but yeah from from <laughs> what I know I think he's more or less. That was a bit um clutch, I would say, and it's mm. very yeah. He's yeah. That, that's, that defines Gunnogan. He's a very clutch player. Yeah, he is. He is. It's like um, is he Ronaldo esque clutch? I mean, mm. to score the goal to win you the game and the whole league is quite clutch. Mm. It's Aguero esque yeah. in that kind uh, of yeah, sense. Yeah, Aguero esque. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe Aguero-esque is the right uh, rank to place him in. Ronaldo is like a different different level. Ronaldo, <laughs> like when we talk about clutch for Ronaldo, I remember the time where it was Juventus versus Atletico. I think Atletico had a great lead and then Ronaldo comes back, mm. hits a hat-trick. Or the yeah, other one where he, he does the bicycle kick against Juventus. <laughs> yes. Dang, yes. I mean... Oh, that was insane. That is clutch. Yeah. You talk about big game players, I think Ronaldo is up there with the best. Yeah, I mean, mm. up there with then the other goat as well, Messi, like the the World Cup final as well. Them Mbappe mm. pushing the both of them pushing each other, crazy, mm. crazy game. Mm. I, I mean, Mbappe's not. I I mean that game gave him almost like that same kind of level. Like he, he was the only one really trying to bring the team back into the game. But it we have to see him do it much more and probably not in in just the in just League One. So that mm. you know. To, to see whether he can really thrive under more pressure. But to do it in a in World like Cup a, final, I mean, yeah, he that was also quite clutch as well. Yeah, by doing it in another league, do you mean in La Liga? Because right now, it seems like Real Madrid is... I mean, going off on a little bit of a segue, but uh, recent news, Jude Bellingham has kind of signed an agreement, personal terms, to join Real Madrid. Um... Ooh. Whether the transfer goes through or not is dependent on the fee that Dortmund and Real Madrid have to agree upon, but it kind of seems that it's on its way there. Imagine if you add Mbappe as well. It's just... There's no point watching the Champions League anymore, man. <laughs> to Real Madrid? Yeah, that would be, that would be right. quite overkill. But 
how would I think that will also cause another kind of issue because I mean Madrid have always been known as like that Galacticos team, right? But mm-hmm. from like recent experience, it's not very easy for clubs to manage so many high profile players. And I mean, you could say that if Ancelotti's still there, yeah, maybe he just kind of it's just all like vibes and then he gets all everybody. About the friendship. That's right. He just gets everybody <laughs> to like be friends and like it's okay if you sit on the bench sometimes, you know? But mm-hmm. like it from looking at like how PSG has been recently and they're probably the the latest team to be like that superstar team, you know, having Messi, mm. Mbappe and Neymar as well. It's it's not been I mean, everyone expected those three to win PSG the champion uh the Champions League. Mm-hmm. It hasn't mm. happened. And it doesn't look yeah. anywhere close. They no, they've not looked like a very well gelled team. And the chemistry yep. has been lacking at times. When they do kind of have chemistry, they're just stat padding, I feel, against like uh, no, no disrespect, uh, other sort of like lesser <laughs> French teams. And then it's like they go into the Champions League and then they play a team like Madrid and on paper they have a better squad. And yeah, I, I mean, like, you don't even have to, you just go back to the, the PSG versus Man United and that was like Man United's youth team. And yeah, and they like couldn't a, even get uh, past mm. that team as well, even when they had right. like Prime Di Maria, and mm. and all. So it's just not in the DNA of a club like that. But for Madrid, yeah, it's definitely th- with their DNA, their history. If they manage uh, to if, recruit a team like that, I think you're right. It's basic. If they win this Champions League, right, it will be their fifteenth UCL title. This- insane man I saw and Talk I don't about, know if this yeah. is accurate but I saw a quote uh, of Fede Valverde saying like I hope we mm. win our 15th title cause then it will match the number on my shirt I'm just like what? they're just like saying these That's like it's so casual flex, yeah it's ultimate right? flex it's like we- winning the UCL to them is a chore it's almost <laughs> like like, it, like it's like a if we win it'll be nice you know yeah, in a in it's, a it's, it's too easy like, like it'll be yeah. nice if we if we went out today you know that kind of thing mm. nice if we, yeah, if we go I mean, out and like, bring back to, a Champions League right that'll be nice Jose Marino it's literally their football heritage to win Champions League Cups whereas some other clubs like you know Man City they are or rather they have been struggling to win their first ever Champions League whereas Real Madrid it seems just to fall on their laps yeah that annoying, hit that team. but that's the only the thing that's also interesting is that like you see City and this this could be something that I want to ask you as well. Like, City are are also like pushing for the league, and they look likely to win it again this season, right? But mm. if you look at Madrid, they've more or less given up if they haven't already lost the La Liga. You know what I mean? It's like they already lost. They've already like, lost it, they, right? Yeah, mm. it's like Barcelona are champions. So. Oh right, uh, yeah, that that has yeah. already happened with a few games left to go, right? So mm. it's yeah. like they just kind of I don't know, like prioritize the Champions yeah, League all over? the eggs in their Champions League basket yeah and, but the thing about that is like you kind of expect them still even though they're against a very tough opponent in Man City um, that with experience at, on their side that they may still get through and the tie is not unfavorable as it is right now I, everyone actually thought that City would probably I mean though it is the Bernabeu I think everyone thought that City were the, the stronger team but 1-1, one, one, it's all to play for and that's what Madrid wants going into a game mm. at the Etihad. So. And there's no away goals. Yeah, so it's literally anymore. the game is just balanced at this point. There's 
it's not like it's City lot, have an advantage. Yeah, it's a lot better. And I think one of the sole reason why Madrid, or, or rather City was so shackled was, uh, did you see clips of how Rudiger tried to pop oh, yeah. Haaland? <laughs> he was literally oh, like almost hugging him and yeah. like under know, his armpit. Right? <laughs> I miss that guy, man. It's like, it, it's no coincidence that Chelsea fell apart when Rudiger was sold to... Or rather, he wasn't even sold. He left on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. It's like, my gosh. I hate Madrid, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's also the, the draw that everyone wants. Like, they, like to, if Madrid comes calling, it's almost like most players, if you didn't already have yeah. an affinity to maybe Barcelona, this is like mm. the kind of club that you'd be like, yes, of course, you know, Madrid comes That's calling. That's like your end game club. But is it though? Like, I mean... Do they hold on to all their legends all the way? That hasn't been the case for mm. quite a few of them, you know, like in Ronaldo is one. Um, Casemiro has now been seen to be uh, as well. So I think kind of I Madrid mean, is this, changing this a little is like bit, the, right? Yeah, this is kind of like how properly run clubs that are always in the mix of right. you know, multiple championships they operate. They know that, yes, um, You've been our star player for a number of years, but they don't hold any sentimental value on that because firstly, clubs are now run like a business. Mm. So they operate in such a way that, okay, thank you for your service, but we need the next fresh, hot, you know, in-demand player. And if that player kind of fits the position that we need and we can see him doing well for the next few years especially in that defensive midfield position which I feel is pretty much a dying sort of position or I wouldn't say dying but that's it's very strange of you to players. say dying because like Chelsea have benefited off a very strong CDM player in that position for yeah. the longest time but I think yeah no mm. there's also another thing that I wanted to bring up is that I think it's very interesting that you said that like it's almost like the club is forecasting the next uh, kind of team for the next era, right? But who is actually doing that? Is it like the Emperor Papa Perez? Uh, is he actually the one, the guy pulling the strings behind this? Because Madrid actually have been changing their managers um, every now and then. Like it's not mm. just been Mourinho at the helm for like five years or something. Like the even just before Ancelotti went, there was a little bit of a slight rough patch. Um, I think when they tried to bring in Julian Lopetegui as well and that didn't work mm-hmm. out. Um, who is actually the one who is orchestrating? I feel like in the case of Madrid, it is Perez and he kind of goes out and like tells the club, like, I want this player um, maybe mm-hmm. because of the stardom that they would bring or that mm-hmm. maybe he's just really smart and he actually really thinks that the guy is good. But um, that yeah. has been the case for, for Madrid, I feel like. Uh, it's not like Ancelotti did much in the window. He just came in and he really just got them playing back to their best. And it's not hard when you already have like players like Cruz and Modric there. You just need to get yeah. them playing their style this, again. This is the thing about Ancelotti, right? Um, he, for some reason, knows how to bring the best out of the players that he has at his disposal. I I know we kind of joke about how Ancelotti teams are always kind of like uh, no tactics 
just vibes and friendship. <laughs> but that kind of shows how much, like, if you're going to rank managers, football managers, right, um, from, like, the olden days up to the current era, right? Mm-hmm. Like your Ferguson's. Yeah, he's very Ferguson-esque. He, yeah, Ferguson, you know, tactically, I wouldn't say that he's simple-minded, but in terms of man management, right, he gets players to be able to play above their level, which is the reason why I, I remember he made Phil Jones like a marauding right back and there was one goal that he scored on his... Was it his debut was it against Blackburn? Uh-huh. I can't remember. It was it was an FA Cup match where he just dribbled almost the entire field and then he scored. Uh, yeah, he I can't remember if that's the good. yeah that's, if that was his debut. But like, yeah, I I remember that goal. It's I think I I like that. I think some not all managers are one very tactically astute, like uh, from the school mm. of Pep, but um. Mm. There are some that, and this reminds me of like a, a thing where I think Alex Ferguson made this comment, but I can't remember which was the player that said it. But they, he mm. said that at halftime, um, Alex Ferguson was telling the dressing room like, "Lads, I'm really bored. Just go out and do something, <laughs> excite me, you know." And yes. I think that's where when you have players that are like Ronaldo sitting in the dressing room, they're just like, oh, "You sure, boss? Like, I can just." do my thing he's like just go ahead yep like you know mm-hmm. and that's where you really see them having a lot of free reign and and just like doing take-ons and yeah. I, and that's what I kind of wish in the current United squad that the players who do have the ability have the freedom to just be like okay the, I don't have to like uh, look up and, and, and play these passes just because that's what mm-hmm. the manager wants if, if I feel confident yep. enough and I have the ability I should just go for it so that's mm-hmm. that's something that I think um, we don't see much now. Maybe it's just a bit old-fashioned, like you mentioned, because the, the new kind of management style is very... If it's not like high-press, heavy metal football, a la yeah, the Geek like Press. Inverted, uh, inverted fullbacks. Inverted fullbacks. Like your false nine that drops deep, links up play. I mean, it's <laughs> starting to get a bit, I don't know, like predictable? I mean, it works. It's a recipe for success Mm. for some clubs. I blame the bald fraud, man. Like, there are so many Pep clones right now. (laughs) It wasn't that... You have your Javis. Kind of the reason. You have your Bernies. I think that's why, like, when Leeds first came up under Bielsa, it was so exciting for everyone just because... It was so fresh. It was so fresh. fresh. It was just Mm. 100% attack, 10% defense. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So I mean just to summarize this bit, who do you think makes it to the final? City or Madrid? I don't wanna FKB Madrid, but for me it's Madrid, I feel. I think City are Madrid? such a strong team, but I feel like they do they can crack. It would be a lot about who shows up on the day in terms of like um will Haaland actually get the chance because he was quite quiet in the in the first leg. Um mm. and I think they would need for City they would need one of their their playmakers to really do something either like a Rogi Rocket or a KDB Masterclass or or Gundogan maybe it's Gundogan in the form that he's in right now but if the three of them can't seem to to gain control of the midfield and and they allow Cruz Modric and Valverde for example to kind mm-hmm. of dominate the midfield I think they are they're gonna find it quite hard. Uh, and maybe quite open. So, 
history tells me never, never count Madrid out. So I think they Madrid, didn't get it. They are the English club killers, man. Like last season in the Champions League, uh, was it semi-final? Mm. I think City were cruising to, to win the tie overall. And then Madrid just popped up. Rodrigo is like the bane of English clubs, man. He just turns up, scores two goals and... City are in the mud and Madrid go on to the final and then ultimately win their 14th UCL title. But I I sense a little bit of biasness, you know, a bit of Man United biasness in that prediction, man. Do you not want City to win their first ever Champions League? Of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and I do have a, oddly enough, as a United fan, I have a soft spot for Madrid as well. I feel like there was a bit of a connection between the two clubs for a while. Um, the two clubs mm. being like history rich um, clubs and then like kind of like maybe the players that were going back and forth between the two. I feel like um, one being also that I'm not a Barca fan. So I've always kind of quietly supported Madrid uh, for a club mm. outside of, of the Premier League. And yeah, I think, I mean, definitely um, Van Nistelrooy, Ronaldo going there has made me like, you would feel bitter, but at the same time, everyone kind of knew that even amongst clubs, Madrid are ranked a bit higher than United. Like, United players, when Madrid calls, want to go to Madrid. And it doesn't yep. always work the other way around. So, yeah, I mean, there was also the famous saying of, of Alex Ferguson about, like, you give me Zidane and, like, 10 pieces of wood or something like that, and I'll win the Champions League. Like, I think even when Alex Ferguson called, like, players from Madrid there's just not as much pull the other way around. So I think I've always kind of had that admiration of just how big of a club Madrid were. And I think mm-hmm. they the thing about them is they back it up, right? They they have the the trophies, they have the history to back up just why they are when they when their calling card comes, most players answer it. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, hear me out on this, right? I want City to win the Champions League. So that Pep can finally leave <laughs> Man City for the good of the, the leagues. <laughs> yeah, like you think about it, short term pain but long term gain. You even out the field once a bolt fraud leaves. Where does he go? Uh, Italy. That's the only place he hasn't won anything. Juventus, but Juventus are like super scummy, man. I mean, he will go to somewhere where isn't City also kind of scummy? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, it's not. This is not the United nah. me saying, <laughs> but like, there are come on some dubious things in the city. Mm. I mean, they they were under investigation just recently as well. That is true, but it's the Dubai, yeah, Abu Dhabi, right? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Juventus Abu under Dhabi, Abu Dhabi as well. Oh, no, no, uh, Juventus? No, no, no they're no. they under Italian. Italian mafia, <laughs> the Calcaponi scandal, oh, 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. How they managed to get their 15-point deduction overturn is... I think both you and I know how that happens. Uh. You just Gun to the head. Uh, see it. Uh, uh, earlier, yeah. briefcase for the money. <laughs> <laughs> mafia style. So yeah, moving on. Since we have been talking quite a lot about the champions elect Man City, right? I think we can just slightly look over their shoulder a little bit downwards onto second on the table. Mm. Arsenal. Yeah. 
Man, I kind of feel sorry Damn, for them. What, what could have happened? Yeah. Exactly. I they think had, that's the general s- sentiment amongst even rival fans. I mean, besides the one that are like just rubbing it in their face. Saying, Unless you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even you as a Chelsea fan, like a rival? Mm, I was receiving a lot of stick from, you know, my friends who are Arsenal fans. Minus BK, of course. And it's funny, you know, you started the season with so much hope. In the mid of the season, you had even more hope because you were in so many competitions, including the Europa League. And then, although it's not mathematically confirmed yet, but it, you guys could end the season with the same amount of trophies as Chelsea. Man. Think about it. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> when you say lofty ambition. When you say it like that, it makes them feel like they've had a terrible season when the reality is when you watch the football they play, they've been playing some amazing stuff i think that's where you have to really like watch the games and see that the club has really transformed and that they aren't the arsenal of old i mean the arsenal that we are so used to are the ones that play like silky football but have no spine Mm. when when like the going gets tough they crumble but 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 just up to this this last few games (laughs) they've had but uh, you you said that um they played pretty football but have no spine. Isn't that the same for this season as well? When it comes to the nitty-gritty, they were 8 points clear of City at one point, but they bottled it. They channeled their nearest rivals. They channeled Spurs and just kind of bottled it. But give credit where credit is due. They were the best team for the majority of the season. It's just that that final bit where you need your players to sum up, you know, every last ounce of their physical energy, you know, uh, strong mentality. It it didn't seem to be manifesting in any of the Arsenal players come the end of the season. Mm. Uh, you know that that cliche uh phrase of mentality monsters, which were created by the Liverpool fans. Mm-hmm. It just they just seem tired, especially against Brighton. But it could be that they're, they're really more. physically tired. I mean, we. But how can <clears> they be? They're playing like one one game a week. That's true. I mean, we we have to take <laughs> out the the case that they're not in any other competitions. But yeah. uh, this this team doesn't have a lot of rotation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're only playing like once a week, unlike some clubs which have to double up and play like a, a Wednesday and then an- a Sunday and then another Thursday or something like that. Mm. But um, this team doesn't have the... Like, I mean, I don't want to always bring it back to this, but like squad depth for City, I just saw the the match, that uh, like a highlight of their previous match and the commentator was saying like, oh, they've made four changes uh, and the people that they're bringing in is like Erling Haaland. I'm just like, what? When the person that you're bringing in is Erling Haaland... Because, like, the previous game, you were playing, like, Alvarez. It's just, like, mm. isn't that insane? It's then Arsenal quote, are bringing right? in, like, Nelson. I mean, no disrespect. Nelson is, <laughs> like, has... When he has come on, actually, he's looked really good for Arsenal this season. I, I remember that. Uh, Was it almost a hat-trick or was it a hat-trick? That game where he mm. came on. So, I mean, the fella doesn't get enough game yeah. time to really show his real worth. But... He's no Erling Haaland, you know what I mean? The just the difference in the quality coming off the bench from City is disgusting. So in in a way that you, we've just grown so accustomed to. And it's like most people would say like City's B team would probably still make it into the Champions League if they were play, if they mm. were fielding a yeah, whole 9-11. I, I, I do agree 
to a certain extent, if Arsenal were in play, were, were playing in two competitions where okay, they had to yeah. play like a strong team in the Europa League and then or maybe they, they were still like play in the, the same FA players Cup, for yeah. example but because from what I heard after Arsenal got knocked out of the Europa League was that oh it's okay like we don't mind you know going out of the Europa League because we got the, league. the Premier League is the creme de la creme is what we want yeah so it's a blessing in disguise you know we have bigger fish to fry we want to win the Premier League because we have the cushion uh, on like we, we have this 8 point cushion from yeah. Man City so we can play all our best players in the Premier League right now and yes injuries do happen uh, Saliba getting injured was Massive. a big blow to them yeah. yeah Zinchenko getting injured big blow to them as well but then again that a, a team without Zinchenko and Saliba should be good enough to beat your Southamptons. Should be good enough to but beat But I mean, you do have to see Hamptons. who's coming in, right? Your, your player is like holding. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, we do have to look you at... You Tierney, like, who's a Scottish, like Scotland... Was he, is he the Scotland captain? Yeah. Uh, is he? Yeah, I think like so. It's bums. Mm. If it's not him, it's McTominay, one of the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then again, shouldn't be dropping points against teams in the relegation zone. So. It's always hard though because you wouldn't be expected to drop points against teams in the relegation zone anywhere earlier mm-hmm. in the season. But when it reaches, mm-hmm. you know, squeaking bomb time at the end of the season, man, these teams are tricky. Like, they are fighting to finale for every point they can get so that they don't get relegated as well. So, it's not an easy run-in by any any chance. So, it's... But then, yeah, yeah, I, I know. know I, but then again, you have... If you're gonna go for the title and you're gonna yeah. say that you're gonna put all your eggs in that Premier League basket, you should yeah. beat these teams. Like there's no excuse going 2-0 up against West Ham and then dropping points against them. Hundred percent. Which is the same for Southampton, right? Mm-hmm. No no Southampton they went like three one down. Yeah, but Southampton even they, they had like a pretty even though they won, they had like a pretty uh rough time against Bournemouth. Like, you could see the cracks were forming because, yeah, they are a young team. They're not used to leading the pack. And ultimately, experience was the difference between a Premier League title. Yes, yes, I know. It's not mathematically confirmed confirmed that Arsenal are not able to win the Premier League. But I think we all know what's going to happen in the weekend when Chelsea rock up to the Etihad. (laughs) There's no, there's no way that City are gonna. This is the perfect FJB storm. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea whack five nil against City, and the Premier League is still on. <laughs> that would be just FKB hundred percent. That would be so super interesting. Cause yeah, but that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, since we're talking about the clown fiesta that's Chelsea right now. What do you think of Pochettino's appointment? Man? Yeah. Just confirmed, was it today? Was or it was just it confirmed? Yeah, yeah. I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, I think it was yesterday. The yeah. tap-in, our favourite tap-in merchant. Yep. Um, yeah, Poch. You know, very mixed feelings for me. Like, I'm not actually a very big Poch fan. Uh, I feel like he is, in a way, <laughs> a bit like Ancelotti. Just all vibes. I don't really know what is his tactic. It was very I mean, much... I, I... 
have always held Ancelotti in a high regard. So <laughs> if you're gonna compare, I didn't mean it Pochettino like you know as like a, at the same a way. Maybe he's I'll, a B tech. <laughs> B tech <laughs> Ancelotti, like the same vibes, but no trophies to show for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are manager of a Spurs team, man. Like getting trophies is ten times harder. So would you say he's probably the most successful because he got them to a final, a Champions League? I would final. say yes. Okay, if mm. I I think the Poch links, uh, to Chelsea happened way earlier than that. Like after Porter got sacked, and uh, at the point of time, right, I was like, no, definitely don't want Poch. I was like, in if you're gonna get like a young up and coming. Manager like Graham Potter, Louis Nagelsmann, yeah, <laughs> Nagelsmann, or like, oh no, like after Potter was gone. Oh, okay. But after I slept on it and, and thought about it, I kind of understood why they wanted Pochettino because Ruben Track Record, he can build a team from scratch. So I'm kind of likening his the start of his Chelsea career to what he was given when he first joined Spurs he needed to clear out all the dead wood mm-hmm. and then he needed to kind of impart his tactics on on the players that he trusts like he is very loyal to uh, players that are in his starting 11 like your Keynes your ultimate your Deli Ali's your Sons your at that point of time Erickson. Victor Wanyama was like a beast mm-hmm. if you remember Victor Wanyama and your Carl yeah. Walkers as well so in terms of being able to integrate like young players into a system I mean you could say the same for Graham Potter but in terms of a CV Pochettino's CV is much better than than Graham Potter's but the only thing that I'm afraid of is his Spurs links like I think this is going to be a very divisive hire in terms of like how the Chelsea fan base view it. Because yes, he has not won many trophies. I know he has won like a what, a French Cup with PSG. He also won the league with them, no? I think he did. did. He? I think in his first season he did. But he just came in to... No, games. no, he didn't. Oh, I, oh, that I was remember, the cup. Like, oh, that was the cup. Yeah, he just came cup. in yeah, and then he, he won a cup straight away, right? He, yeah, he didn't win the league because I, I think he lost it to Lille. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he lost it to Lille. Right. But I think the Pochettino at Spurs is really different from the Pochettino that will be taking over Chelsea because he has that PSG uh, kind of stint in his resume. So we, although he may not have won a league title, I'm not really sure about that. But I think he is a different sort of Pochettino. And with the money that Boli will ultimately give him to spend, because uh, I, I saw it in a quote somewhere that Pochettino was given the green light to sign a, another new striker, and a midfielder or a defender, I can't remember what. Whereas at Spurs, right, he was well known for being able to squeeze the maximum of his players without spending a lot in the transfer market. Like there was this transfer window where they didn't even buy or s- they they sold players, but they didn't buy anyone. 
and they managed to reach a Champions League final. So imagine what Pochettino could do with money. And it nothing would please me more if Pochettino won a trophy with Chelsea and then I can I can just <laughs> I can just it'll be hilarious, man. Like taking Spurs' best ever manager and then him coming over to Chelsea and winning a trophy. That will be the ultimate troll moment for all Spurs fans. Mm. So yeah. What what do you think, man? Well, okay, I just went to check some stats and uh, Poch actually won the league the following year after losing to Lille. Oh. So the 2021 to 2022 season, he actually won it uh, with PSG. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he has won something in <laughs> uh, yeah. the league as well, so congrats to him. Um, yeah, I I think I just it's just kind of the, the manager merry-go-round. I mean, Tuchel was from PSG, then went to... Chelsea and then you have him doing the same thing from PSG going to Chelsea I don't know like if that's I mean you have had Potter in between and and Lamps if you want to consider that as well um but I just I feel like Potter and Potter sorry Poch Poch's style is um right now why I feel like it's it's good one because I guess he does get to do a bit of a rebuild but right now, with just how messy it is at Chelsea, meaning like you have extra players in positions that you don't actually need, the clear out is going to be quite... I just feel like it could take a little bit longer. It's not like he has time to kind of assess who he wants to keep. I think he almost has to decide um, who goes without even getting to trial them in the league. You know what I mean? It's like he has to come in and already start clearing some of the dead wood that he thinks that he won't use. Um, before next season and then bring in plays that he wants already so that whole thing could be quite messy I mean any manager that comes in will have to deal with this but I just I think yeah it could be it would be nice if he if he did win something with Chelsea like you said um, and it's a big slap to the face to the Spurs um, fans but yeah it's it's not gonna be easy and I don't think I think if this is this transition will take a while so I'm not too sure where Chelsea end up next season as well. But I think if they can get themselves back into um, maybe Champions League contention or even at least Europe places because they've just fallen miles off it this season, um, that would be success enough, I think, from my point of view, for, for Poch's first season at Chelsea. What do you think? Yeah, the thing that I am fearful about is we all know how football fans are right like I don't even know whether the entire Chelsea fan base is on board with this appointment but do they have to be I mean you know screw them (laughs) you you can't please everyone I would say and the ones that were generally like um, welcomed appointments they didn't turn out that well so drastic measures must be taken no yeah but like out of in terms of uh, resume, right? Oh, Potter, Lampard, <laughs> Bruno Salter. I think Pochettino has, the best CV. has like credit in his bank. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, he did win a League One title, albeit I mean, in the Farmers League with, with, uh, with PSG. The, with the main farmers. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, not like the, the guys with the tractors or all the other farmers yeah. are using. 
Pitchfork. But I'm yeah, I'm, I'm quietly excited on what Pochettino will be able to do with this squad uh, next season. Yeah, I do agree. Like, our squad is bloated AF, man. Like, I mean, there are certain players which we know uh, that will be leaving the club. They have not been, in terms of attitude-wise, um, like, the, the fans have not taken kindly to that. I, I think you know... The certain players that I'm talking about, yo. Not too sure. The Lukaku's. LeBron James. <laughs> the LeBron James of football. <laughs> yeah. Lukaku. Lukaku. I, oh, wait. He's leaving? I thought he's coming back. Um, There's this rumor where if... I mean, Pochettino is like the manager of, of Chelsea, right? Like Even before that appointment, there were tabloids linking Kane with a move to Chelsea. If Pochettino does make the switch to uh, Stamford Bridge, which he did. And so I think as a midweight, if Kane really is going to come over to Chelsea, right? Like, definitely Spurs, they will need a new striker. Right. So, like swap deal? Yeah, maybe swap deal plus cash, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm not very sure. So, And there are a lot of talks about Ossiman, but he has a lot of suitors right now. I mean, and you just need a, a Madrid to come in and then everybody kind of loses yeah, the chance God. as well. <laughs> he, he club so much. Yeah. So, a lot of question marks for Chelsea leading up to the next season. Mm. But a squad clear out is definitely needed. Who uh, would you like to striker, keep? Who, well, like in terms of what your, the attackers because we have too many attackers, man. Yeah, I mean... Like, uh, no, even like the defenders, like Thiago Silva, I, I think there's starting to be some rumours that, I mean, n- not that he really wants to go, but like he, with the way that the team is going right now and the chop and changing of managers, would you think that someone like him would even want to stick around? I think he will stay. Okay. Uh, One more season. It'll be good to have him around because he is like that commanding centre-back uh, he does have leadership qualities as well. Mm. Um, in terms of, I'll keep both fullbacks, like both sets of fullbacks, if, including Kukurella. Mm-hmm. I think centre-back-wise, I wouldn't mind all of them staying. I don't know about Koulibaly though. Like, yeah, he's been a bit... Him with a move away. Yeah. And he also hasn't really impressed that much, mm. if I'm honest. Badashile has been like the bright spark in an otherwise turbulent season of transfers, man. Mm. Yeah, so, but, like, I'll be, other than Koulibaly, I'll keep everyone. Okay. If Koulibaly stays, I'll be, I'll be fine with it as well. Mm-hmm. But the, I'm just going straight to... The attackers. The attackers, man. Yeah. Um, Ziyech, gotta go. Lukaku has to go. Mount... There are, I think there are pretty credible sources linking him with a contract extension. I think the Liverpool rumours are just rumours. Like, um, to get Chelsea to maybe increase the amount of salary that he's, he wants. Okay. Pulisic, you see, that's the thing. Pulisic and Modric, they are like so similar type of players. Hmm. Quick, and if one of it, 
Yeah, if I were to keep one, I think I think Pulisic has to go. Although I don't like it, but I think he's still young and if he wants to develop further as a player, he has to go. Mm-hmm. Although I'll be really sad to see him go. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, guess I'll keep him. Uh, Medueke, yes, definite keep. He has shown signs of brilliance, albeit against like lower league teams, but he hasn't been getting a good run of games anyway. Uh, Conor Gallagher, I guess I'll keep him. Oh, that's actually keeping most people, no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you, uh, if if uh, let's Aubameyang say, go. oh yeah, Aubameyang is definitely going. But if you, if let's say, um, you have the option to buy Zhao Felix, would you do that? He has been probably the the like the spark mm. for Chelsea this season if there was any. That's the thing. Uh we have too many players that do the same thing. Like we have Mudrich who drills out wide likes to come in uh from the left. I think Zhao Felix he prefers that role as well, but being played as a striker kind of nullifies his talents. Oh yeah, Havertz. Uh, Havertz is a... Oh, that's so tough. It's a question mark, man. Okay. Yeah, like... No, but it's the uh, same issue. I feel like it's mm. because all the managers have been playing Havertz as the 9, but he's not a 9, mm. is he? He... Okay, I would like to see Havertz being played where Deli Ali used to play, behind the striker. Like a 10. So, yeah, I would, I would let Felix go and I would keep Havertz because I feel that Havertz offers a lot more... It's just his body Havertz language this season has been ball. quite, I guess, negative. But that's because the season has been a lot of chop and yeah, change, hasn't right? hasn't panned out the way he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. He started the season not too badly, if I recall. Like, like you, you imagine starting your Chelsea career, winning the Champions League, and then everything is just downhill from there. I mean, that, where else that, is it going to go? <laughs> Unless yeah, it right. stays at the top, but like... Like, I think the, the next high that he has to hit will be double digits in the Premier League. Like, 15 goals as a attacking midfielder yeah. would be decent. Yeah, so, yeah, I, w- I would... I mean, based on how... uh, Based on the caliber of players and their play style, I think F- Felix would be sent back on loan. I would send Felix back on loan and keep Havertz. Send and back then, on loan as in like yeah. just oh you mean take him back on loan? Yeah, because Felix loan? is on loan. Yeah, but you you give him no, as in, another loan. Uh, because he's on forget, loan and from. Kuku's coming at, and oh, Kuku's coming, Kuku's as well. coming as well. Wow. Yeah. So that team is really bloated. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So, I like Felix. I I liked him a lot more than I thought I would, but I think he, I would send him back. I think that's also because, Atletico. like at let at Atleti, he doesn't have this kind of like freedom. I'm mean, not that Chelsea mm. are playing free flowing football, but like they are definitely a bit more attacking, and that's when yeah, we've really seen another side to... of him. Yeah, I yeah, hope he, he also want to go to the go and play like left back. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering how Pochettino is gonna fit all the attackers, man. Just I insane. think that's the thing. Like you, you've just said you would keep so many of them, but I. I doubt that actually so many would be there at the start of the season. Because, I think that... Yeah, because we don't have European football as well. Yeah. So there's no need for so many players. Yeah. A good enough offer coming in for like 
even Sterling, and I think he may go. Mm. You know what I mean? Like from what if, for example, if, like a Newcastle. Okay, but if if Bayern offers like a decent amount for Havertz, I think Chelsea will take it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, as sad as I would be to see Havertz go, but the squad is just too bloated, man. Yeah. And even Seagax could play in that position, you know, like yeah, an attacking midfielder. Like well. we saw him at uh at Palace, a little bit of uh, I don't know, box to box, a bit more mm. box to box, yeah. And I think he kind of suits that role quite well. His late runs into the box are quite good. I would say maybe a bit Lampard esque. I yeah. I felt like Mount had that in his first season, but he's just kind of been quite off it this season. I feel mm. Mount. The the whole team, man. Yeah. It's not just Mount. Yeah. So stupid. Like, I just want to score more goals next season. And hopefully, like, the up-team time trying, sign, like, a striker that can actually score goals and I who has, like, a good attitude. He doesn't turn <laughs> his back on the team midway through the season. Yeah, true. Because, like, on paper, oh my gosh, Chelsea have Lukaku and Obama Young. And they're not using right. either of them. Right. Yeah. Just and they play Havertz insane. as the main striker, who is not a main striker. <sighs> and you wonder why you don't Give have me strength. <laughs> Give me strength, man. Okay, anyway, um, enough of Chelsea. I think we'll just end off with who do you think will occupy the last two Champions League spots amongst Newcastle, Liverpool and Manchester United because it's pretty tight man like you guys are on oh wait Liverpool has played one more game but only one point separates the three teams like Newcastle and Man U they are on 66 points each yep. 35 games played whereas Liverpool 65 points but 36 games played so and uh, they pretty Pretty much dispatch a relegation threatened Leicester City 3-0 super easily by I think I didn't watch it because it was like what 3 a.m. uh early morning. Yeah. But Leicester, I mean, we're just gonna quickly talk about Leicester. They look doomed, man. <laughs> I mean, interestingly enough, um Newcastle come up against Leicester in one of their fixtures as well. The ne- mm-hmm. next game is against a very tricky and kind of unpredictable Brighton. Brighton who was trashed by Everton but then beat um title contenders in Arsenal, right? So you never quite know what you're gonna get with Brighton nowadays. I, I think generally you still expect them to win, but Newcastle Brighton is a very good matchup. I think the teams are quite even. Um and it could swing either way. And then Newcastle go up against Leicester and Leicester are yeah, more or less down in my opinion. And then after that, it's Chelsea, which is your club. So Newcastle, Chelsea, if you give them any favours, then yeah, maybe they stay and they get the Champions League position. Because yeah, those... fun fact, yeah, yeah uh, Chelsea could actually decide quite a lot of uh, how, how teams oh, finish. Oh, I want to see your running now. League, right? Let's see. Yeah, so we, we play City next. And Ooh. then after that, uh, we play United, right? And then after that, Newcastle. Wow. That's yeah. So all in the uh, all in the all, top all in our hands, man. All in Super Frankie's <laughs> hands. But I think it'll be like L's, Three L's. <laughs> all four. 
I would love if you, so much... if you take some W's against Newcastle and City. People, love it. People yeah. are like just giving us so much hope, but have you not watched Chelsea this season? Like, I will confess, I don't actually watch us, that man. much, but like the highlights. Th- there's no point, up. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't expect any favors from Chelsea, man. Whoever you are, whoever your allegiance allies with, because we're not going to do anything. <laughs> okay, I guess that's good for us then. Because <laughs> we've mm. got you guys as well. But, um, oh yeah, back to the question. I feel like, yeah, I think, I think it will stay as it is. I think Newcastle will be, uh, will get Too the third position. Liverpool? I mean, it's, yeah, it's super think... close now. As it mm. is, we just need to, um, like, lose a, a game and then it's just one point difference. But... Mm-hmm. I think United are seeing that most of the games are home games coming up for us. Yep. I think, well, I don't want, I just hope that we, we get decent results. I think the game recently against Wolves, if we can do something like that, yes, it's not a pretty game. We're not swashbuckling, attacking football, but two goals, it's one goal and we are quite secured and then we managed to mm. kind of see the game through. Um, it's just the I'm business hop- end of, yeah, of the season. Yeah, just be professional, you know. Yep. Just if the ball, if it's tricky, kick the ball out. Just keep danger away from your goal. No more silly mistakes like we've seen recently. And that has cost us so much this season. Uh, either it's Maguire, De Gea. Um, even a bit earlier on in the season, I think we had some really risky back passes from our defenders as well. I think... At this point of the season, it's just like, just be professional, get that goal, be solid, and just see the game out. And I think we've been doing that recently. I think our goals for the games that we have won, uh, or even the ones that we've lost, they've all been really tight. It's either one year win or one year loss, something like that. So hey, that's all you need, man. That's all you need at this <laughs> point. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah. just Who get it over the line. Like, get the points in football, then. man. Yeah, just get the three points. And all the more because it's Champions League football we're talking about. It's mm. it's not the time to really be be uh, trying out messing about. Yeah, yeah. And I think we we have enough in us to to get through. I think it's mm. just a little bit too late for Liverpool, but the ball is round. Yeah, you the know? games just ran out for them. And mm. like you said, um, all the teams that Chelsea play against, they have something to play for. Whereas Chelsea, we're just we're just waiting for the season to end. Y'all can be the ultimate is... party pooper though. Yeah. Do but... something against any of these teams and it's something <laughs> that they lose. I mean That's how that's how little faith I have. <laughs> <laughs> like if if I want the season to end, don't you think th- these players want the season to end as well? Like they want it more. True. They, they have nothing to play for. And then if that's the case, and if then if I'm lambs, I'm just playing like all the youngsters. You know, who are yeah, hungry like for opposition. Itself, it's 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 Lambs, man. He's like the Maguire of managers. <laughs> Dang. That's didn't have to do him like that, but it is what it I is. Lam Lambs as a player love him, but Lambs as a manager he shouldn't have come back, man. Like, oh yeah. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the team stay as they are and Liverpool lose out. Yeah. And uh yeah, I guess I mean the way I look at it, I I I don't really see you guys dropping points as well. And I think Liverpool just left it a little bit too late. Are there any <laughs> games that games Liverpool win. can drop points? Let's see that what's their run in. 
Uh, I don't think so, man. Oh, okay. They, like they play a relegated Southampton last game of the season, and I think the next game is against Villa. Hmm. Yeah, right. it's against Villa. At yeah. home, though. I mean, last game at home, you know, Anfield crowd gonna be crazy. Yeah. And Villa, they have been, yeah, pretty solid. They beat Spurs, but I think Liverpool just have this extra bit about them. They're going to take it to the end of the season in terms of who gets the final Champions League spots. Mm. So, mm. But I think it's important that they manage to turn their season around a little bit, you know? I think for this season... Seven games in a row. Yeah, they, yeah. they were really down in the gulags as well for a lot of the earlier episodes for, <laughs> for this season mm. from us. And uh, for them to do go on the kind of run that they did, it's, it's quite a turnaround for them. To, to now be mm-hmm. almost chasing for Champions League placing. Like, it would make me... If they manage to pipe United to that position, it has to make me wonder who had the better season or who had the worst season. Because mm. looking at it with that in context, you have to say, didn't Liverpool had the better season? Yeah, we have, <laughs> have a, a Mickey Mouse Cup trophy. um, But, you know, a trophy is a trophy is one thing. But at mm. the end of the day, what uh, where do you want to be in the league is really important. And Champions League is what attracts a lot of players to your club. I would think that if we lost that out to Liverpool, it would be like really disastrous for us. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the context, like just looking at it from that perspective, it's crazy. Cause I thought that in a whole nutshell, I would say Liverpool season hasn't been that great and United season has been pretty good. But if they managed to pipe that, that last fourth spot, then yeah, my whole, that whole bubble, it kind of just shatters right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's hope that uh, Chelsea don't do them any favors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm. before we kind of go to our favorite segment, is there? Mm. I I wanted to go a little bit on like I guess United's run of late. I mean, there mm. was some. There's some interesting things that I, I'm I'm noting now. Like I've I heard recently that there's going to be a big clear out at United as they has been going on for a while now. Um, I guess different waves of people leaving the club, but uh, this season's uh, expected exit would be players like, um, I think the bigger ones are like Martial. That's one that is potential. I mean, on that note, I feel like he's been quite. Um, I'm there's a bit of sentiment for him. Like I feel like he's just that one player that we, that has kind of always been there for a while. That comes out with the odd goal, and is a bit of like a. a a darling for for the United fans. I don't know. I, I quite like Martial, but he just never really had the consistency or the authority to kind of become like the the main striker. It's his injury record. Imagine Martial without that niggling injury record. He could be <laughs> the Ballon d'Or winner, man. You guys <laughs> were to pay up that Ballon d'Or clause. I mean, early on in his career, he was kind of slated to become like a Henri-esque mm-hmm. kind of player and he yes. was he was so and that, and that slick. debut against Liverpool kind of like hyped him up to the heavens yeah <laughs> it, it's true and he's just never managed to I don't know get a, a good run of games and, and a good kind of mm-hmm. he's been a bit like Purple Patch like he goes on a, a few games gets a couple of goals and then everyone's like Marshall's back and he's gone for another like month or so so yeah, I think he's expected to probably leave. Um, I think other notable players would be like 
Maguire as well. Thank God. <laughs> and yeah, he he has to go. Man. He has to go. Um, I hope that we actually can change that loan spell into a permanent signing for Sabitzer. I I think he's quite a utility player. He's to kind of fit into that United uh, team as he has. I just feel like uh he offers quite a bit in terms of like uh transitioning, uh, for the club. But he's just he doesn't really offer enough of a goal threat. I feel um and that's the only thing that kind of worries me about our midfielders. That the only one that really looks like a goal threat uh for the central central midfielders is Bruno Fernandes. Like the others, um Casemiro doesn't really score a lot doesn't offer that much he's he doesn't shoot as much as like Rodri does even though they play kind of very similar positions and we know that he actually has a pretty good shot as well he just doesn't seem to take it as much and Ericsson for whatever reason um, used to be quite a, a goal machine at Spurs as well I think he used to get a lot of free kicks and stuff but in a team like United he, he barely gets a sniff of that so mm. Ericsson probably stays but he in, in that midfield we don't have a lot of like goal threat so then a lot of the pressure is on our attackers at the front. And um yeah, I think Garnacho is a person that I wanna kinda single out praise. He's he's mm-hmm. kind of the one that I think has been the most exciting. And he's like the youngest. Then you look at that that just means that there's a bit of disappointment in our favorite zero zero seven, Jaden Sancho. <laughs> who if he leaves, I would understand. Like Wait, there uh Rumors linking him with a move away? There's not anything like, concrete. Um, because <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like his price tag would put a lot of people off still. Um, mm. But if form is anything to go by, I feel like he's kind of like a 50 million player, not an 80 million mm. player anymore. Like, mm. he's definitely dropped off. He's still young though and he's English. So other clubs, if they're interested, I think it's not like you can kind of get that bargain of a deal for him yet mm-hmm. um, and his contract is not near expiring yet I think as well I think he probably still has two more mm-hmm. years on his contract so we're not in a rush to sell him so I would think that the coach um, who quite favours him would give him one more season to kind of prove himself but with that being said there are so many other exciting talents coming back into United like mm-hmm. Ahmad Diallo um, you still have Palestri on the bench though I feel like Palestri will probably move on to greener pastures because I think he just hasn't got a look in yet and Garnacho has more or less cemented himself as yeah, the rising star he has star. like that super sub role they both are kind of super subs now Um, but Garnacho looks like he's probably going to get more starts next season so where does mm. that leave players like Palestri for example so I think he may have to move on as well um, but yep. I w- I'm looking forward to Ahmad Diallo coming back. I hope he he gets uh, at least into the team. Though I know at his age, another loan spell wouldn't be that bad, but preferably mm. in a in a Premier League team so that he can get more um experience in the league. Yeah, I think that these are some of like, like the the kind of transfers and things to look for for United that I think are I'm looking forward to for next season. Yeah, but. All I know is that strikers will be a hot commodity in the oh, yeah. upcoming summer transfer window because we have quite a lot of clubs that need <laughs> new strikers. 
So I think Werkos is going back to Burnley. <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> I I saw. Oh yeah, wait, he's on I loan, saw, right? Yeah, he's yeah. on loan, and company said like, um, he's our guy. So I think he's mm. he's looking forward to welcoming him back. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're gonna need that Premier League experience. So, yeah. Mm, I w- yeah, with with so many clubs looking for f- to to getting a striker, I think uh-huh. Ossiman will be the biggest name that will be on everyone's kind of easily radar, easily going for like a hundred million easily. Because, yeah, sh- short supply, huge demand. It's gonna be a bidding war. Massive. I think the other one mm. would be if he's looking to move would be Vlahovic as well. Those two. Mm. Um, yeah probably on the radars of most most clubs yeah, yeah. <sighs> all right so on the fraud watch our favorite segment of the video or not video or the of the episode uh any nominees on your end be it fraud watch or boss watch hmm i wasn't here last week so the oh. easy option would have been to just put the hair for that <laughs> glaring mistake but this weekend uh, this week the only match I actually really caught was the United match um mm. but looking at like I guess the results around um I would say uh actually it really sucks to want to say let's put Arsenal on fraud watch but I kind of lean that yeah. way I really thought that they would keep up the pressure this was their year right I, I, I know that I kept this saying was, like it, they yeah. have to play every game like a final but losing 3-0 mm-hmm. to Brighton is like <laughs> what is that? It's, it's literally kind of throwing in the towel a bit early mm-hmm. you know I I was hoping that it goes all the way down to like yeah, the last day they could have taken it to like the last game you're right and, and enforce Gundogan to mm. do a Gundogan you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, if City win the league with a game to spare this would be uh, I mean now Super Chelsea it's all in Chelsea right? isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to to delay the party because no 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 favors from Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that Arsenal take City to the wire, but mm. yeah, it's really tough. I I feel really bad for Arsenal because I think that there was also much like you said at the beginning of this pod the history between Chelsea and United in the era of like the early two thousands. You just go back a little bit earlier than that. And it was United and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So I do have a little bit of a soft spot. Like I would love to see them get back to like glory days as well. I mean... Uh, Not this season. Yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> Gotta again, have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, City being a direct rival of United, I hate that they keep winning every other season. So yeah, dude, just let them give them the UCL this season. You're right. Actually, Pep I'm starting leaves. to lean more towards Pep, Pep leaves <laughs> and football is fun again. It's it's uh <laughs> it's a free fall after that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the it's, it's the new bald frog Ten Hag versus yeah. Klopp versus yeah. kind of Poch. like the <laughs> Italian league, but without all the scandals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, without most of the scandals. Watch <laughs> Pep leave and then City drop to mid table. <laughs> mm. Actually, yeah. that so wouldn't me, be that far. Off. But yeah. yeah, so wait for you, it will be Arsenal. Arsenal, the whole club with a pinch of salt. Ah, yeah. tough. But for me, for watch, it will be. I think Pass is gonna love this nominee, but Jordan Pickford. Ooh, like, why? Did you see his positioning in like 
two of the three goals that City scored. Like, Gundogan flicked it one side, but even before Gundogan flicked it, Pickford kind of Yeah, he's not standing in the middle, right? Pickford. Right, yeah. He predicted that he would hit it to Pickford's left. But, like, I, I know goalkeeping is all about predicting movement, but he jumped too early, which kind of left that entire space for Gundogan to score. Yeah. But I mean, we have to <laughs> give some credit. Like, he, the, the shot was, like, literally just, like, six yards away. It's mm. really hard for any keeper to react to that. But, okay. Yeah, but usually a normal keeper just stands his ground and if the shot is good, then, you know, so be it. You react, usually you react after the shot. Yeah, you need De Gea cat-like reflexes, but yes. yeah. God. But Pickford's just... I, I have no words, man. This is England's <laughs> number one. Like, how can you be so good for... It's like Maguire, right? You're so good for England, but for Everton, you're like... Hmm, I think you just said it, though. It, it, it It's happened before to another player in Maguire. It's just club form versus international form. Yeah. They're like almost different two different players, players. yeah. Yeah, Pickford on fraud watch. I mean, what I think was the, been se- on what was the second goal though? That the issue was it? The, uh, uh, oh, oh wait, no, it was the. F- I can't remember. But that that second goal, the free that, kick. Yeah, I think it was a free kick. Yeah, yeah, I I also felt that the 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 like I mentioned a bit earlier, the keeper. It looked like it was in slow mo, but the keeper still couldn't mm-hmm. reach it, because I think his positioning was a Tiny bit off. Arms, he left man. the <laughs> short arms. <laughs> He left that side too, too open and put too much. <laughs> I know for free kicks, like, the keeper is supposed to trust his wall. But mm. if the player who is taking it li- is so technically gifted and mm. you know that someone like Gundogan can easily... If it's like Ward Prowse, then you're like, you know, so be it. Like. I mean, you just start praying and like, if it's Ward Prowse. Mm. <laughs> but mm. for Gundogan, I mean, I would just say put yourself in the middle and then do it a bit like a penalty. Like, just go left or right. But if don't stand all the way to the right left side mm. and give him the whole goal free to, to shoot for. He didn't even have to hit it with, with power. It was just yep. get it up and over and it went in. So. Sus. Sus. Sus but why Pickford. But yeah, uh, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, thanks, Nate, for joining me in uh, pretty much a two-man discussion. But It was good. Uh, to, yeah, to the listeners, uh, thank you for joining us uh, this week uh, do follow us on our socials on Instagram at Full Kit Banter, and we'll see you again next week